This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO. Or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hiya, it's the Concrete Rose Sunny Kiss, AEW wrestler, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. Remember, stay funny, delicious. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to Busted Wide Open. We are here to break down extreme rules. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. That's right, Nick. But be more specific. We're here to break down the horror show at Extreme Rules, the pay-per-view that just, I say, finished up a couple of minutes ago. But was it even a finish? It's hard to say. That was um, that was something. That, that was happened. something. We're here to talk about it. It was a thing, and it happened. And we got to talk about it, Nick. And there's plenty to get to. So let's let's do the housekeeping real quick, and then we can get in and break down this WWE pay-per-view. Well, if it's, your, if it's your first time here, guys, you can find all of the links down in the description below uh, right here on the video. But make sure you get into our Discord. We had an amazing live chat tonight all throughout the show, including the pre-show. So lots of good stuff happening over there. Plus, we have live chats all throughout the week for all of the shows. So make sure you get into our Discord community. You can also follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Come find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open, and you'll find our Facebook page and our discussion group where we post fun news stories, memes, good all kinds of good stuff over there. And last but certainly not least, our patrons. Thank you guys so much for all of your support every single month. We love you guys. You make the world go round. But if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for your, uh, one of those reward tiers to get access to show notes, the ability to ask listener questions for our weekly AMA mailbags called the Patron Mailbag, uh, and all kinds of other good stuff such as bonus episodes, everything else, you name it, uh, over at patreon.com slash BWO. And, oh, last but certainly not least, make sure you subscribe to the channel yeah. right here on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we do BWO daily. We've got daily news show all week, all every day, all throughout the week, all that yeah. good stuff. Just yeah. subscribe, set your notification to all so you can actually get notified and YouTube doesn't be a complete fail like it can be for at times. Uh, Ian, I listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say yet. I'm still very much processing, but here's what I will say. Abraham Castillo with five bucks in the super chat. Oh, man. Already says, for staying up and doing this for the Thank BWO you, Nation, always mm. grateful. Thank you, Abraham. And not to be outdone, Esme herself with 20 bucks oh, in the super chat already. Thank Goodness. You. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for watching it, guys. Here's a tip. You deserve it after that. <laughs> Woo. I don't know. Maybe hold on and see what we have to say after we yeah. completely break down the horror show at Extreme Rules. 
The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Oh, what an interesting title they picked for this show in July. We go with The Horror Show. All right, we'll run with it, and they ran with it. And uh, before we run with it and start off with the pre-show match, let's say real quickly thank you to Chris1978. Thank you so much for the $5. He says, what's up, guys? What the hell did we just see? Well, we're about to tell you. And Jacob as well, for the amount of feet I jumped out of my chair at the end of the Swamp match, he threw us $5. Thank you very much, (laughs) Jacob. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Oh, good Good gracious, you guys. Kendall with 20 bucks. Thank you. Says, haven't been able to listen lately because of how busy work is. I miss you guys. Oh, we miss we you miss too, you, Kendall. Kendall. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who threw in. We That's very awesome way to start the show. Nick, that's starting us off on, on the right foot because there's that definitely is, some things. That is the power a, of positivity That's right the power there, of positivity. Folks. Now we got smiles on our faces. We can start talking about yes. this. But all, luckily <laughs> also, the first match of the show was Kevin Owens versus Murphy on the pre-show. Which is a little random except that they have been kind of feuding sort of for the last few months. And I say sort of because they've been satellites around Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Obviously, Murphy is Seth Rollins' acolyte, disciple, whatever. And Kevin Owens has been facing off with Seth since pre-WrestleMania, since last year, since Seth turned heel. So it made sense to have this. But part of the problem is you got so many guys involved sort of as window dressing in this Seth and Rey feud that you got guys like Kevin Owens doing doing the pre-show. And you guys like Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo and those guys, they're not even here. So, but on the upside, we got a good match out of it. And it wasn't yeah. legendary or anything, but for like what I could describe as like a scuffle, it was it was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. These both these guys can work. Kevin busted out the top rope moonsault on him. Uh so yeah, it was a lot of it was it was fun. And for a pre-show match, it's exactly what you wanted. It got your whistle wet for the show. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know a lot of things. Like I say a lot of times about Alistair Black and Murphy, I, I feel like I could watch Kevin Owens and Murphy have uh, a long match. There, this this definitely whetted the appetite. Uh, I definitely didn't know I wanted to see this, and now I want more of it. So I'm hoping that we continue to have sort of Murphy or and uh, where's where's Austin Theory? Is he still a disciple? Is he still around? <laughs> or is is that, a, a, yeah <laughs> COVID. Uh, this is uh, this is if we're going to get Kevin Owen from now Owens from now on, then this isn't a bad replacement. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm interested as well. We didn't get a lot of finisher spam. We didn't get a lot of crazy stuff. We just got a match, and it was well. Fun. Ironically, Kevin Owens tried to spam his finisher, but Murphy kept avoiding the stunner until the very end yeah. when he ate it, and Kevin Owens picked up the win, which uh, to me seems logical, uh, especially given where they were going to go later in the show and the picks that I had made. But it seemed like the right idea to have Kevin Owens pick up the win, get everyone excited for the show, the babyface wins in the pre-show, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, and, and I, I don't see Murphy beating Kevin Owens also. Like, that's I, just not where we're at right now in terms of power rankings in WWE. No. I also don't want to just gloss over the fact that Kevin Owens did a springboard moonsault he busted off, off the top rope. Time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been in his arsenal. <sighs> did you forget? I, He's I reminding you. I completely forgot. He's yeah. been on you this also, stunner kick lately. You also picked Murphy for some reason, which I will I will never understand. But just, just to uh, counter-program the, you. But but again, you did, however, pick Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura in our next match, which was opening the main show. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus the New Day for the New Day's SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which was a feud that was kind of thrown together after the Forgotten Sons got pulled from TV. After Jackson Riker ran his mouth on Twitter and uh, basically burned his career to the ground, 
in in, the, in one tweet, pretty much, yeah. um, which is amazing. That's, that that takes some power to do that. That's um, that's a WrestleMania main eventer right there for you, Nick. Oh wait, mm-hmm. that's your booking. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy booking. But your booking did actually pick this match right. This was a tables match, so the whole match, of course, was revolving around who's gonna go through the table. Except we got a whole bunch of crazy stunts from both teams in the middle of all of this. Uh, and at one point, I swear to God, Kofi came down. He did a trust fall on Nakamura on the outside. And I swear to God, the, the guy must have busted his tailbone because he came down funny. He popped right back up like nothing. So that was very impressive. The, this whole match was actually was, was a lot of fun. I wouldn't say that it was, you know, lights out or anything. But I would say better than a SmackDown match. Sure, let's say, let, I'll say pay-per-view quality. It's fine. I, I mean, he got powerbombed through stacked tables. Yeah, obviously well, that it's was, better than the, SmackDown. The match. ending of the match was impressive. Yeah, they had the stack tables outside, and uh, Cesaro power bombs Kofi Kingston through both of them, which was gnarly looking and great, and surprising to me at least because Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro are your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Um, all right, so Nick, why don't you explain to everybody why you picked the two of them and what you think this means now that they've won? It's just a way to get the New Day uh, up to 10 tag championships here. Uh, well, I guess they're going to be nine Oh, really? Oh, so you're, so it's, oh, so it's a cynical reason you picked them. N- I don't honestly don't remember um, why. I, act- <laughs> I actually, listen, this is one of those things. Every now and then, uh-huh. I do these live. I'm, I, just, I, go, I go with my gut. When we're in the moment, when we're doing them on the show, I pick them. Uh, and, and the funny part is, is in the Discord chat during the show, I had completely forgotten that I picked these guys to win. I could have sworn I had picked New Day to retain. But I guess I didn't. I'll have to go back and no. listen to, to Saturday's show, yesterday's show, just to see what was I thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I'm not sure. I wish, but it I wish you still knew because I want I want to know. Yeah. All I know is this: the fact that they did that, the fact that they did put the titles on to Nakamura and uh, and Cesaro, legitimizes them as the tag team. And in a division that's fairly slim pickings right now, Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, New Day, Nakamura and Cesaro, and that's it. Forgotten Sons have been forgotten. Usos are injured. Um, that's your division, pretty much. Yeah. So in a, in a division that slim, you've got to take one of those teams and elevate them. And this elevated Nakamura and Cesaro. Yeah. It did. They're still a thrown-together tag team. They still make no sense together whatsoever. But this now is Cesaro's least, third thrown-together tag team. you got Tyson right. Kidd and him. You've got The Bar, right. obviously, that I would say the same things about in the very beginnings of The Bar sure. when they would come out with, to the split trons and, and uh, entrances. And now we've got him doing it with Nakamura. <sighs> okay. I mean, he's a guy that will go down to history as a tag team specialist. I guess. That'll I just guess. be his, his legacy. That's uh, my cyborg. Speaking of which... Line Drive Kyle, thank you very much with the $5. He says, why were the titles taken off of Miz and Morrison again? Hmm. Regardless, congrats to Nakamura and Cesaro. Now, Grand Grand Slam Nakamura. Give it to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For a guy guy who's kind of not really done a ton, Nakamura has backed his way into a pretty good run of titles, which is crazy. He's had them all. Almost. Almost. Almost there. So Here, Here's the uh, one thing I will say about this. At the very beginning, when we were opening the show, um, we had ex- – um, I almost said it. We almost had, we had Big E and we had Kofi backstage, and they were promoing before they were going to come out, and they kept making references to wood. We got to get inside the wood. 
and they kept making wood references, and I went, <gasps> yeah, I did a little bit too. Uh, they had Devon Dudley come up and, yeah. and rap with them for a little bit about going people going through tables, which was fun. But yeah, I definitely was. It was a little bit of wood, woods, woods, woods. Is Xavier Woods going to come out? I I thought it was going to happen, but apparently he's not 100 percent yet. So yeah. we didn't see him. No. Um, but I, all we saw was a tweet with a flat smile face. Yeah, he's from like, Xavier. Mm. Well, he can come back and they can win the titles back and then be yeah. nine tie-in champs. Then it'll be nine. So. Yes. Nine. Andy Jessup with the two bucks. Thank you, sir. He says, Cesaro always circles around the New Day. That's what happens when you have a tag team like the New Day, a faction of the New Day that is his historically long together and doesn't break up. And Cesaro's always doing tag stuff. Yeah. I mean, you could also say the Usos always circle around New Day, but that's because they're one of the biggest tag teams that's been in existence around the same time. So Usos Cesaro, and the New Day spent three years trading the tag championships. You know? And the bar as well. The bar and was the bar. part of that. The bar was part of that. Like the whole time New Day's been around, the bar was around. So it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, also, what made sense was the next match, Bailey versus Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, I, I was kind of ready for this match to the point where it didn't excite me at all. And that's too bad because, technically speaking, it's one of the best matches on the card in terms of the work rate. This was my pick. This, like this was my for Matt. This is my match of the night right here. Mostly because of Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross was the, sort of the just all star for me. The one thing that shone through was, was Nikki Cross and seeing her get that much offense in and constantly for the entire ten to fifteen minutes length of the match. You just had that feeling of oh my god, is she going to hit that swinging neck breaker? She did on the outside which was a little odd and random. But then we, we had the kerfuffle at the end. Yes, with, uh, which, you, which you had to expect at some point. That's, that's how this was going to go down. I actually Sasha had half was, a mind. Sasha was going to Sasha, Sasha was turn. Well, everyone wants that, but, they, but we'll explain that at the end of the whole show because, of course, or rather later on in the show because they're building towards SummerSlam. They've got to do some other things first, which is why I picked Bailey to retain here, which she did. So that was nothing special to me. But what was special, and I will give you this, Nick, is, and this came through in our chat that we had online uh, the, over in Discord, was people started to believe in Nikki. Yeah. This was a great example of, I, I began to believe in Nikki. Like she, she had me invested where she showed she is a viable baby face. She can go out there and show baby face fire. She can go out there and act in a way that engages the audience where you want her to win despite all odds. And she can also work a match where you think, well, maybe she has a chance. That says a lot. That's a skill that you can't teach. Right. So props to Nikki on that, where she got us all to believe. And ultimately, she was screw-jobbed out of the finish at the end. But it was still... That's, that was the takeaway from this match for me, was Nikki and Bailey went out there, put on a great match, and Nikki proved she was a good baby face. Yeah. She had a title match. I mean, like... For someone who, when she was split up from Sanity and kept down in NXT uh, and then brought up randomly to be Alexa Bliss's best buddy and, and bit of, bit, kind of, she was a little aimless. She was a bit of a nut for a while there. We didn't know what to do with her. And then they kind of forgot about her and just left her with Alexa. For all of that, she just had a title match against Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's awesome. What a great position for her to be in. And yep. even if she didn't win... 
she went out there and she worked a match where I can't imagine that the, in the back they wouldn't look at that and go, hey, she that would that was a good job. Good on Nikki. Let's she knocked it her. out of the park. When we give her the match. we give her the opportunity, she takes the opportunity, and that yep. means a lot. Yeah. So, props where props are due. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so still things going well on the show so far. Then things got a little awkward when we expected to have the MVP versus Apollo Cruz match. And it didn't happen. MVP just came out to say Apollo is still too injured from Bobby Lashley putting the, uh, the full Nelson on him. And he can't defend his title. Therefore, MVP declaring himself the new champion. And mm. then leaving. And that was it. Which is odd because they were promoting this match up until the time of. If Apollo was injured, why not tell us before that and MVP is going to have some sort of ceremony. Why not, if he's out with COVID or whatever, he tested positive, they, they didn't even have to book this in the first place. Right. This didn't have to be on the show. You could have used something else here to fill this time. This was a short segment. If it's actually a, uh, a changing of title, why not have MVP do a whole thing? Well, hey, if Apollo's not here, bring out the ref. We have a match scheduled and count him out and have an actual forfeiture as opposed to just MVP declaring himself the U.S. champion, right? which he already has done, by the way. It's why he's carrying the other belt. He's already declared himself the uncrowned U.S. champion. So this was not only redundant, but it, extraneous. Yeah, and it's also, we now have introduced a dispute in the United States Championship. Now, that could get interesting. Who, which one is the real U.S. title? Which one is going to actually be defended properly at pay-per-views and other matches so do we have a do we have one do we eventually have a match or a series of matches between MVP and Apollo Crews to determine who the real undisputed champion is? I have so many is, questions. Is Apollo <laughs> is Apollo no longer protected now that Paul Heyman isn't his buddy backstage? He says no. He says he and Bruce Pritchard get along really well, but it was this an injury or something else? Yeah. So this leads to a lot of speculation, a lot of questions for me. This was a this was very bizarre. And I didn't quite know what to make of it. No. Um, I did pick MVP to win. So I guess technically you did win. I, I guess. I don't know that it matters. No. <laughs> because I mean, I'm, I'm not everything sure else, every other match we agreed on, at this point the pickums were over, and, and I had uh, it was two to one to me. Uh, so it didn't really matter from this point on. But it was just a weird segment, and that was what it was. Yeah. Line drive in the chat. Thank you. He said, Ooh. like anything else, send... Alistair Black out there, send Ricochet or Cedric to challenge in Apollo's place. Anything is better than nothing. Great point. What was this? This was nothing. This was just there. It wasn't even a full segment. It wasn't even five minutes. It was like if you went to get popcorn or take a piss, you missed this. Absolutely bizarre. But the bizarreness didn't end there, Nick. In fact, I'm going to have to say that was what kicked off just the absolute bonkers what the hell were they thinking booking that we got for the rest of this show that was that was where the engine went out on the plane <laughs> the bird hit the engine <laughs> mayday <laughs> mayday we're going down <laughs> that was where the the mongolian pilots jumped out of the airplane leaving indiana jones stranded in midair that's 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 what happened then and yeah. that because the next match was the eye for an eye match between seth rollins and ray mysterio Mm. Now, Nick, let's preface this. <laughs> let's preface this by saying we called earlier in the week, and I think everybody did, 
everyone kind of went, you really want to do this with this match? When they announced this was actually going to happen, Rey Mysterio challenging Seth Rollins to an eye for an eye match where the only way you can win is to extract your opponent's eye. Their words, not mine, Nick. Extract your opponent's eye. And they kept saying that over they and kept over driving again. It home. What? And again, like I said, okay, you're going to go with that. You're sure about this. That's what you want to tell us is going to happen in this wrestling match. Okay, you you better have something planned because there is a very, very small chance this isn't dumb as hell, looks like crap, and doesn't help anybody. <sighs> Guess what, Nick? They rolled the dice, and it came up Snake Eye. Snake Sammy, Eye. Snake Eye. Mm. Came up Snake Eye. Not eyes, because holy crap, was this a dumb finish to what was a great match. It was. A match that made not a lot of logical sense. I mean, they did. I've seen people already kvitching online saying it doesn't it doesn't make sense to have Hurricane Rana's and, you know, uh, apron power bombs or or plexiglass power bombs in a match where the only point is to take out your opponent's eye to the credit of whoever booked this match. It started out with them trying to take out each other's eye, and they kept going back to the eye, but there was too much resistance being put up, so they had to incapacitate their opponent to the point where they could then extract the eye. Okay? So that's why they were doing all the wrestling moves. And thank God they were, because that kept the match exciting and frankly allowed two of the best people to get into a wrestling ring in the world to do what they do best, and that's wrestle. Yeah. Because this match, while the entire time we're sitting there thinking, all right, (laughs) <laughs> show us the eyeball what are you going to do that's what we're thinking the entire match meanwhile we were treated to actually a really well worked match yeah and this, I, is gonna I, be a theme. This, this is like getting <laughs> one of those like soggy cheeseburgers right the bun is just completely <laughs> soggy but the meat and the toppings inside are all really good but the the beginning and the end you were just like oh god i just don't even want to eat the bun this all of the stuff in, in Nick Logic. Hashtag Nick Logic. Uh-oh. So this is the, uh, this was fine. This was... The ending was atrocious. They didn't land the plane, but everything else before it was pretty fine. I wanted CGI. I wanted hostile-style dangling eyeball. Right. I, I wanted something. But no, we got we got like half a shot of an eyeball. A ping-pong one. ball painted yeah. with, with red Sharpie. Like it was, it was awful at the end. And it's here's the problem. So it ended with Rey Mysterio uh, uh, taking off his uh, his eye patch that he's had on his mask for how long, exposing his quote unquote bad eye, which he had a contact lens on to make it look like it was milky or something. I didn't understand that logic. No, it's his uh, contacts he always wears that make his eyes but look. But then they white. but they mismatched. Ugh. I don't know. It, it, but that, that's, of all the things we're going to nitpick in this match, right. that's not one of them. No. Uh, and then Seth goes and puts his after after multiple things that they you know they Seth had pliers and then like a uh, looked like a long uh, I don't know pole thing it was a piece know, of rebar piece of well sure and then and there was like a broken kendo stick that Ray tried to use on Seth at one point they tried all kinds of things <laughs> uh, that th- I there was not an ice cream scoop and I'm I'm gonna be pissed at them for not bringing out an ice cream scoop. This match would have been saved. I would have given it five out of five stars in the Tokyo Dome if they'd had a scoop. But they did like not. a little melon ball scoop. 
yeah with like you can like squeeze it <laughs> those and squeezy and handles go, yeah uh yeah, chris 1978 with five bucks in the super chat thank you sir i'm so upset we didn't get a dangling eyeball exactly right? if exactly you, you can't tell us this wwe and then under deliver and what did they do they had seth once again poke Ray's face into the stairs. Now, here's the crazy thing. is not two minutes before Ray was poking Seth's face into the exact same stair in the exact same way and was going just about as deep, and Seth pops up, and he's fine. But then two minutes later, Seth's doing the same thing to Ray, and then he comes up holding his face, and Seth looks at him and goes, and gets all white as a sheet and stumbles away and actually pukes. (laughs) We had a puke spot. Vince finally got his wish. It took him 22 damn years, but he finally got puke on TV. Draws breaks his neck, so he can't get it done. So he has Seth do it 22 years later. Seth Rollins vomits when he sees Ray's eyeball, which we don't, of course, get to see because why give us the thing we're waiting the whole match to see, the thing you sold the whole match on, which is someone's having their eyeball extracted, which you accomplished by having an eyeball compressed into someone's head by a stare, which has already been done weeks before Monday Night Raw, which was redundant again. What the... Nick, what was this before I flipped my desk? What was this ending? Uh, What were they thinking? If this is the only thing they could pull off. We'd heard rumors they were doing CGI. And and all they got was, was Ray kind of holding a ping pong ball. If they couldn't pull it off, why do it? Because they were already too far. They, they typical WWE booking themselves into a corner and they have no way to get out of it. And this is about the best. Yeah, you know, it'd be funny. Why, why don't you just get a ping pong ball and uh, paint, paint some colors on it? And then you can have the camera so that you can't see it while Ray's reaching under there and grabbing it. And he can, like, come back up with it. Oh, oh God. And, and Seth will get an Oscar for his amazing <laughs> performance of reaction, <laughs> uh, being so disturbed oh, that he loses his lunch. Oh. On TV, oh. and yeah, we'll cut to that instead of actually showing the thing we're watching the match for. <laughs> Hashtag WWE I, people, logic. Even people at home with weak stomachs were even like, I mean, I don't want to see an eyeball get extracted, but I kind of do. Yeah, but that's what we're there. I for. might vomit, that's but what, I'm here for it. <laughs> you're, so you're promoting the match on, and you don't give it to us. Right. So it's, or 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 you do, but it's so underwhelming, and and frankly, pardon the pun, eye rolling. Yeah, that it it in in some ways ruins the rest of what was actually a pretty well worked match. So my, and my I don't eyes rolling at the end of this match was more graphic than what we saw come out of Rey Mysterio's head. And on top of okay, so then they later tell us that oh well he didn't fully detach the eye, so they might be able to fix it so Ray can see again. Okay, so we're gonna wipe this out right. like it never happened. This never happened. This never happened. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, which, which thank God, well, hopefully we can forget this ever happened, but at, at the end of the day, so they can make it so nothing happens. What is, how, how does this help either Ray Mysterio or Seth Rollins going forward? It, I mean, Seth is supposed to be this sadistic guy and yes, he was feeling, you know, qualms about engaging in this match, but he just horked at the side, side of a guy with his eyeball hanging out. How does that help him as a heel, as a, as a dangerous heel? He's, by the way, he's a messiah with one follower. Womp womp. Rey Mysterio now just had his eye put out by Seth Rollins twice. How does this help him? Is he out the door? Is, is, this, is this their way of saying, okay, Rey, you don't have a contract. Bye. No, it's more of an opening of a door for Dominic, in my opinion. 
Oh, come on. Get over Dominic. It's not going to happen. Get off the Dominic train. It's okay. not leaving the station. Okay. How does this help Dominic? Is he going to come back coming and take out Seth? To avenge his father against Seth. Oh, my God. The, the, the story we've seen the last four months, Yeah. we're going to get more of that? I That's so. a terrible idea, too. What? What? That's the best possible outcome of this. The worst possible outcome <laughs> that, that is they do, they do nothing. They do nothing. Uh, line drive Kyle with two bucks in the super chat credit to raise makeshift chopstick. Yeah, he had a pieces of the bamboo from the kendo, of stick, the kendo stick, and he was trying to like just jam them down into his eyes on the ring. That apron. should have been the finish. Yeah, just scoop it out with a big old piece of bamboo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Esme in the chat, two dollars. Thank you. Saying nothing stops the Dominic train. That's right. That's except right. except Dominic stops the Dominic train. And Chris, nineteen seventy eight, with two bucks. Thank you. How much do you want to bet Ray is on Raw tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. You know, if it wasn't for his contract and not being not not knowing what his contract status was, right, with with another eye patch on. Right. Oh, my God. Just, just like AJ showed up the next day, next day on Raw or, <laughs> after being no, buried just, alive. Right. And and you had and Ray and Alistair showed up the next day after getting thrown off the roof at Money in the Bank. Right. Come on. They did it again. <laughs> and ab- absolute... Garbage. Moving on. God damn it. Sasha before we Banks go anywhere, versus, before we go anywhere, uh, Brad Shepard, our Brad Shepard, not extra. Good Brad Shepard. Good Brad Shepard. Uh, $5 super chat. Thank you, sir. Bruce Pritchard needs to tell Vince the match we can make work, but there is no way in hell we can pull off an ending like that, so let's not do it. Yes. No. You can't tell Vince anything. Oh, well. They've, no, everyone who's worked there is like, you can convince Vince you can give him another. It's it's like di- okay. So what I've always heard is it's like dangling a, a, a shiny thing, in you know over here. Like Vince wants to do this, you go. Ah, oh, but what about this over here, Vince? You don't tell him no. You just do something else. You try to work it out the best you can. And if Vince gets something in his mind and he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. Even if it's stupid, we don't know who to blame for this. We can't hundred percent say it was Vince's idea. Obviously, he vetted it. He made it happen. I I want to know. Because I know Vince Russo didn't come back to WWE all of a sudden. But this is like Russo-level idea yeah. right here. Um, uh, speaking of Russo-level ideas, Esme says we can have Ray fight blind like Book of Eli. Have him like have him become uh, an echolocation wrestler. Right. And he's like he's like squeaks when he wants to like find where his opponent is. <laughs> Thank over you there. very much, Esme. <laughs> oh. Billy Stickler, before we move on to the next match, $5. Thank you. He said, just missed all you guys. Had fun watching. Just been a crazy couple of weeks. Hope everyone is doing phenomenal. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. We're, we're, we're doing okay. We're a little shook. Yeah. A little shook by the show. But thank you. Hope you're doing well go, as well. Go watch the pay-per-view and then come back. Oh, and it'll make a lot more sense. Let's talk about the next match. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about the next match. Sasha versus Asuka. I think eh, I, 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 this is my match of the night in terms of the in-ring work. Okay. In terms of up until a certain moment at the end of this match, and I'll clarify in a second, this to me was the match of the night. It was the one I was most excited for. Sasha and Asuka finally letting off the leash. No tags, no nothing. It's just the two of them going ham on a big show, and they pretty much did what I expected them to do and just went ham. Yep. They went ham. These two ladies ball out at this match. Short of a couple of little botchy spots, I mean, this mm. was this was an excellent match. The only major one was Asuka trying to uh, German Sasha off the top rope, 
and Sasha trying to flip out of it, and she just landed bad. That's a really, really hard move to pull off if you're used to being on the top ropes. Sasha is not used to being on the top ropes. She's not a flyer. I don't care if she has a frog splash. You saw her when she was setting herself up there on the top of the turnbuckle. She was not comfy up there, and she came down weird. And it's a damn miracle that her knee didn't explode out the front of her kick pads. Yeah. And then she I, goes and gets back well, up there, tries to jump off the, I think it was the second rope. Yeah, the leg just, leg just went right out. Yeah. She, she definitely tweaked it, uh, but she did gut it through and, and finish the match. So uh, props to her for doing that. But man, that was a scary move. Very dangerous. Yeah. Thank God she seemed to be okay and was walking out on her own. Her wig wasn't so lucky. She had to hold her wig on the whole way out. But that's because shit got really ugly at the end of this match. Um, and I wish I could say it was good ugly. But uh, shenanigans started happening. Kyrie Sane got, uh, got involved because Bailey got involved. Uh, Sasha went to try to take out Asuka. Asuka went to miss the referee. Missed Sasha ended up missing the referee. Everybody's down in the ring. Asuka's down. She got hit with the title. Sasha's down because she's gotten beaten up by Asuka. The ref's down, and Bailey runs into the ring, pulls off the referee's shirt, puts it on, counts to three when Sasha covers Asuka, tells the timekeeper to ring the bell, grabs the Raw Women's Champion, and the two of them scuttle on out of there with everyone going, what, 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 what? What is this? One Night no, Stand I, 2006? I have no idea. Oh, what, exactly, yeah. What the I, hell? So I, I'm at a point where I kind of do we have to wait? I guess we're going to see Sasha on Raw tomorrow night because she's the new champ. Are we going to have a coronation have ceremony to, with her and Bailey stuff? tomorrow to open up Raw? So say what you will about authority figures on WWE TV. This is where one was necessary. You know, whether yeah. it's Adam Pierce or whoever, whoever that you got, someone's got to regulate, or we as fans at home are sitting here going, Who's running this asylum? Yeah. The, this is a stupid end to a match. What kind of professional company would allow a match to end this way? Yeah. It undermines the, the company in kayfabe. It undermines the company in reality that this is, the, this is the, what they thought was a satisfying end to this match. Or if not satisfying, then at least a conclusion that, we could, that would engage us in a way that we'd want to come back and watch more. The only uh, way I would have been redeemed, and thank you, Esme, for calling it out. I was, I was going to go there, too. The only way, we, we're at the Performance Center. So if I had had Samoa <laughs> Joe on commentary, just yell, Regal! <laughs> yes. And William Regal comes out and just lays down the law and just yells, War Games! It's <laughs> just something right. ridiculous. Uh, Kyle with 10 bucks in the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank he you. says, this ending burned two more talents for being overpushed. How does one man keep making the same Charlotte Reigns mistake again and again, especially with Asuka? The good will last a month. The good will, the oh, the good will the last month is gone. I, I agree. I think if you had had Sasha go over here at the so at the end of this match, they were doing they were countering each other, rolling each other up. There were a lot of spots and all of this stuff. And I think if you you count one, two, the other one rolls over one, two, you roll it over again, one, two, three, and somebody gets it and win it that way to where it keeps Sasha looking strong. Or sorry, Oscar looking strong, but Sasha yeah. still gets the win. Way better than whatever the f this was. You could have. I mean, having Oscar get hit in the face with the title after the ref goes down, and then have it like you could even have had it where 
the ref is still engaged in it. Like, yes, he's blinded by the mist, right? Bailey jumps in and, and actually takes his hand and counts one, two, three, and the ref's like, well, yeah, sure, or whatever. Yeah. The, the way they did it here was just dumb enough to make it obnoxious. Yeah. There's other ways, like, you, I don't know if they're trying to protect Asuka that much or they have some sort of disputed storyline here, another disputed title where Asuka can say, I never lost it. But again, what kind of company would uphold this kind of win? You would never see this in, like, let's, I mean, obviously, WWE's pretty far from reality, but let's say they're trying to keep it somewhat real, Yeah. right? In the UFC, if you had something like this where the ref goes down <laughs> and, like, a cornerman jumps in, puts on a, a, a ref's uniform and counts three or, or counts somebody out, says the match is over, that's not going to stand. No. The cr- and the crowd would riot, yeah. by the way. So, no, this was a stupid ending. And again, and, and I, to, to Kyle's point, I don't know necessarily that, it's, that they're overpushed. And I don't know that this is going to burn their goodwill because people are going to be more mad at the booking here than at the actual talent because the talent showed that it was capable of making a good match, but it was the creative that showed that they weren't willing to support those performers in that. They yeah. didn't give them a good ending. Yeah. And I think that was a theme of this show is performers putting on great matches where the creative didn't live up to their end of the bargain in the finishes and where they left them afterwards. Yeah, That's the theme. That's the theme of this show today. It's my, my um, only hope is that we show up on Raw tomorrow night and somebody comes out and goes, yeah, nope, that ain't going to work, ladies. Uh, rematch. And we end up in some kind of thing. You know, They have to have the match over again. Maybe it's the main event on Raw tomorrow night. I, you know, I wouldn't be terribly mad at that. The main, some, but I thought that was going to be the, uh, the, the much-hyped Big Show Randy Orton match. But that's the thing, Nick. If they've got to do it again on Raw, then that's going into another trope of WWE, and that's pay-per-view rematches on the next night of the show and getting conclusive finishes then as opposed to on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Why are you watching the shows then if you're yeah. gonna, not going to give us the real, the real outcome on the show? Yeah. It's wild. Chris, so, 1978. No. There's, no uh, this, there's no way this is good. With a $2 super chat, this was the Steiner math of booking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was not normal. No. Uh <laughs> it spelled disaster for both of them at at sacrifice. I think we both picked Sasha here to win. I never saw this way coming. I I thought it was going to be very similar to this. I thought it was going to be a, you know, a ref bump and you know, Bailey interferes and Sasha wins. Um uh, to I think be I fair as you. well. No, yes. I, that's all right. Uh, no, you have me down for the pickums for Bailey versus Nikki Cross. By yeah, the but that was I was wrong. I, I did you were wrong. Yeah, that ignore that. That's that's me trying to trying to pick my job off the floor after the swamp <laughs> match, which we'll get to. Yeah, and trying to, trying to do this, but there is a hundred and forty one and two thirds percent chance that the next match was also a letdown. That was Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Uh, and we didn't know what the stipulation was going into this, and it's probably a good thing because I don't think anyone would have been hyped about it uh, if they had known because the stipulation, as Dolph Ziggler so uh, dramatically revealed before this match, was a extreme rules for Dolph Ziggler match, meaning that Drew McIntyre had basically the, a regular match's uh, stipulations. He, ba- he, couldn't, he had to pin or submit Dolph inside the ring, but Dolph could use... Whatever he wanted, tables, ladders, chairs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and if Drew McIntyre was counted out, Dolph won. If Drew was disqualified, Dolph won. 
So basically, the odds were stacked against our dominant babyface champion in WWE. Where have we heard this before, Nick? Mm. Where have we seen this happen before? Or perhaps, where have we not seen this happen? He says, wiping his hand across his face. Yes. I, I, I can't see you doing that. I don't know what you're doing. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> this, this felt like WWE top guy booking 101. Yeah. Top babyface booking 101. If you had and, come out and surprised me, aptly named show called The Horror Show, if you had come out and said that the stipulation was going to be a kiddie pool pudding match between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, I would have been ten times more entertained than yeah. I was by what we watched. Ron Panties tapioca pudding match. Drew McIntyre has to wear assless chaps in a pudding match. I'm already way more in than I am to Extreme Rules for Dolph only. The only person who can win this match has a last name that rhymes with Wiggler stipulation. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. That's, that's going to get me to the top. I don't know. Again, another match where the framing was ugh, subpar. Yeah. But then these guys, two guys went out and were like, all right, you're going to give us chicken feathers. We're going to make chicken salad. Cool. And they did. There was it was an entertaining match, all things considered. Yep. You know, like have watching Drew actively try to not kick Dolph's ass as Dolph is hitting him with chairs and trying to put him through tables, putting him through tables, uh kendo sticks, all the red and everything. Pulling out the kitchen sink, low blows, you name it. And Drew's just like, oh my God, you little bastard. That was entertaining. It was. It was a well told story. It wasn't an exciting story because at no point did anyone ever think Dolph Ziggler was going to beat Drew McIntyre. No. And and Drew, of course, finally like beaten down to the ground but comes up with one of the fastest Claymores I've ever seen to just snap beat Dolph Ziggler at the end about the 10-minute mark. So I can't be mad at it in that sense. But again, you put your boys out there on the line Thank God they delivered for WWE in this match, at least. I mean, it's it's not not entertaining, like seeing. But but I'm what I'm worried about is that Drew took an ass whipping for nine minutes and fifty eight seconds, and then in two seconds won the match. And I'm wondering that's, it, right. it, that's that's the that's the that's the classic booking. It is, and it's very shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, AA, five knuckle shuffle. And you can and, give me a DDT on exposed concrete, and I'm going to pop back up. One 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 AA and you're done. Yeah, yeah. So no. I yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where <laughs> I I don't need Drew to look like he's constantly on the ropes in order to believe that he's a formidable champion. I think that's the way I want to say that. That's what I felt like. It's like uh, okay, I get it. Dolph Dolph is a competitor. Dolph is giving him a run for his money. But I, but I don't need Drew out here selling like Dolph Ziggler normally does constantly on the ropes i need him to look like a big badass and it, for the for the entirety of that match it was just him selling constantly that he he got he got no offense in until the claymore at the end and that was Almost very done. very frustrating because it started, started off with a jab <laughs> <sighs> yeah but you're right it was him it was him it was a manufactured way to have your top baby face look like an absolute monster and get beaten up the entire match and be an underdog. An underdog monster baby face is that doesn't work. That's like a screen door in a submarine. 
underdog monster that doesn't that's that's not sustainable. You've got to have guys like Lashley who look like they're legitimate to go against Drew McIntyre. That was a better feud. That was a better match. And no disrespect to Dolph or Drew in this match because they went out there and did the best they could. But it's just Dolph. Okay, it was. I understand the story they were trying to tell. It's just kind of. Uh, uh, uh. It's not yeah. that interesting. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Was was dare I say was this the piss break match between Sasha and Asuka and Bray and Braun? Oh man, they got to be careful. I, 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 I don't know how, but they might actually turn the audience on Drew by the time the audience has come back. Can you imagine that? <sighs> this poor guy's whole reign that we've been waiting for years for him to get the title. And by the time people come back, people are sick of him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm, I'm going to leave that out there to chill your, chill your blood. And to, uh, Andy Jessup real quick over here in the super chat, $2. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Andy. He said, why didn't Dolph take away the claymore? Yeah, yeah target I, I remember Andy saying that in the Discord. It's like a ban that he he was guessing that it was going to be they were, that Dolph could come oh, yeah. out and ban the Claymore. I, I thought right. that would be would have been clever, but right. <laughs> there's a lot, Nick. There's a lot of things that would have been clever if you were given to any stipulation you wanted in a match. That's what I was saying. Is like um, the only person who can win this match has a last name that rhymes with Wiggler. That's literally what I'm saying. Like, come out and just make it like any stipulation, any stipulation. Okay. Drew McIntyre is is hogtied in the middle of the ring and <laughs> has to fight me while hogtied. I know. I'm Dolph Ziggler, and I'm going to come have a match against this giant Scottish man. Yes. And the only thing I'm going to do in the match, besides a couple of sp- high spots, is zigzags and famousers and super kicks. <laughs> right. And hit him with a, cu- like a chair once or twice. <sighs> I, I like yeah, where, it, it, where's it, the it, chains and the toolboxes and the implements yeah. and the all the things that you could have used to beat Drew McIntyre? You're just going to do famousers and didn't, and zigzags. Didn't do anything for Drew and it didn't made even Dolph do the zigzags fun. onto the chairs. Like no, just no. All right, all right. Nick, it's that time. We <laughs> Dolph, Dolph looks dumb. Drew looks the same. That match yeah. was pointless from a creative standpoint. But but bless them for going out there and working their butts off on yeah. it. Then came the long-awaited Swamp match. The other big roll of the dice the WWE had on this show. Much like the eye for an eye match, we had no idea what to expect, but not knowing what to expect was part of the draw. They've been building this for a couple of weeks ever since. Swamp Bray, uh, Max Cady Bray, I don't know what you want to call him, Eater of Worlds Bray came back. And, uh, and said, hey, Braun, let's go back to the swamp where everything began, where I made you into the monster that you are. Let's go back there. Let's take things back to the start, like Coldplay, and oh. beat each other up in the swamp. Uh, I'm going to yak. <laughs> We've had too much yakking already today. now? Jesus, come yeah, on. Hey, man, God, take me back to the start. Uh, That's, no, come no, on. That wasn't a prompt to sing. Come no, on. Just, no. <laughs> Esme, $5, says, Sidebar, keep spoilers out of the group. Deputies and sheriff working overtime. <laughs> yeah, and the sheriff took the night off. We uh, Andy stumbled uh, into the group, and there were five posts in the Facebook group. Yes, about, everyone, if you are in the Facebook group, 24-hour 24 hour moratorium on spoilers. We know it's a big show. Bring it to Discord. Bring it right here to the chat. Facebook off limits for 24 hours. Please, please save those who can't watch the show right away. Uh, they want to still come to the group and have fun. So keep it in Discord. Keep it right here in the chat. Uh, and also Chris, 1978, $5. Oh my God, here we go. 
That's right. The thank swamp match happened. It was a thank you guys so much. The swamp match happened. It was another cinematic match, obviously produced by the guys who did the Boneyard match because right off the bat we had another road, mist, and lights behind the mist, and it looked right away just like the Boneyard match. Uh, Bray Wyatt rocking in his chair in the middle of the street as Braun pulls up in his ginormous, what was it, an F-250 or It's a Ford Durango? Raptor. It's a, very, it's a high-powered, supercharged pick-em-up truck. <laughs> you Carolina boys, man. Yep. I tell you. Um, so, Strowman walks up to Bray. Bray disappears. Strowman destroys the chair. I don't know if I'm going to go through this whole match because there was a lot that happened here. But suffice it to say, Strowman got knocked out by himself. He was fighting a whole bunch of uh, just random rednecks that jumped out of the bushes at him. And then all of a sudden, he turned around, and he was standing there in his old black sheep mask, knocked himself out with a shovel, woke up in someone's backyard shed, which looked like it had been dressed by an elementary school making a haunted house. Well, hang on. You're going real fast. So I'm trying so, to go real fast. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's, some, there's some big points I want to hit on. And, and Braun being knocked out by himself, I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is interesting. Where's this going to go? I got kind of excited when he, when he had that moment where he looked up at himself as the one, the original black sheep, took the mask off. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that had knocked him out. I was like, okay. I, I was like, all right, let's see where this is going. Yep. And all right. So that, that's just the point I wanted to make. <laughs> like this, this could, that was a, that was a point. Thank you for, <laughs> he yes. shows up yes. and there's a bunch of randos that are, he's just throwing around, hucking around in the woods. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh God, uh, really? Where, where's Bray? I thought this was a match with Bray. And then all of a sudden he gets hit with a shovel. And he looks up, and there's Black Sheep Bray looking down at him. Braun. Black Sheep Braun. Sorry, Braun. And I went, okay, plot twist. Uh, but it never went anywhere. Plot twist. They didn't twist. do anything with it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep explaining this. So Braun is then chained up in a chair in someone's shed, uh, and Bray comes walking out of the mist across someone's lawn with his lantern past someone's, like, it looked it looked like someone had set up uh like a tent for eating food like you know picnic tables like a catering tent back There's craft there craft services on set with, <laughs> with mist with mist coming out of it and twinkle lights everywhere <laughs> because nothing says evil lair like twinkle lights right so he comes walking in faces off with Braun, and then comes the evil villain soliloquy and Bray goes off on a soliloquy, which I'm not going to try to talk about all of. There was a lot of stuff going on in there. But suffice it to say, it came down to Bray believes that the world is going to end or come apart as an apocalypse. And Braun is going to be his weapon as he basically is one of the last survivors kind of thing. He's going to help destroy the world and Braun is going to be the implement by which Bray does that. Okay. And Braun says, I hate you. I'm going to destroy you, whatever. Uh, rejects him. Bray says, okay, well, cool, Braun. You want to get really scared. And in walks a woman. Looks like Sister Abigail, all in the black veil and everything. The woman in black, you know. Uh, she walks in with a giant snake. Python, by the way. Um, not and native then, to North Carolina, for the record. Not native to North Carolina and also is not a striking snake. It's a constrictor. Right. But yet it strikes Braun gives him a, a snake bite. They're not venomous, by the way. No. Just little details that... that <laughs> okay, fine, all right. It's, it's WWE wrestling. Okay, 
Um, but Jake the Snake was somewhere going, hey, that's Damien. Um, Braun passes out, wakes back up uh, in front of a fire out in the middle of a field, gets attacked by a whole bunch more randos, including a guy who bore a striking resemblance to Dominic Dijakovic, who ends up getting set on fire and running around with just a very lackadaisical expression on his face. Like, this was another no, one, another Sunday, another yeah. Sunday in, in Swampsville. And oh, Braun's laughing. Get on set on fire, ha, 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 and he runs off into the woods, and Braun starts laughing at how easy it was to kick everyone's ass. Turns around, there's a woman in black out on a dock saying, you always wanted to be with me, Braun. She lifts up her veil, and it's Alexa Bliss. And we have flashbacks to Team Little Big. This was one of the highlights of it for me. Okay. This is one of the highlights. I'm a, I, I got to point this out because that's a side of Braun's character that was never really pointed out in kayfabe in any of the shows. It was just kind of hinted at on Mixed Match Challenge. Like, they never really went into it. They did stuff about it on social media. It was definitely something that Braun and, uh, and Alexa kind of made their own thing, but they never really addressed it in storyline outside of that. So for them to bring it in here was, I thought, a really nice touch. And if the idea behind this was to make Braun a more interesting character, that's it right there. Yeah. They hit that nail on the head because now all of a sudden Braun has a love story. He has a background that humanizes him. That makes him someone that's more investable and in, you can invest in him more and more human. Yes. So that was good. But as he approaches Alexa on the bridge, out of the mist comes Bray White. It's Bray White instead of Alexa Bliss. Oh, God. And we have a tussle. We have a tussle on the dock. And Braun chokeslams Bray into a boat, which then magically <laughs> motors off. They have an mo outboard motor on it. It motors off into the dark and then motors back without Bray in it. And as Braun is looking in the boat trying to find Bray, Bray comes out of the water, pulls him in, and they have a tussle in the pond water, the swamp water, actual swamp water, which I hope they both got tetanus shots after this, for real. Because they were spitting up the actual water. That's fine. <laughs> they got, man, they got brain-eating amoebas in that kind of water. That's not fine. I promise you the ocean in Santa Monica is nastier than what they were swimming in. Well, that's because we send all of our poop and street sweepings out there. That's right. different. Right. That's different. This is a swamp. This is stagnant water. Anyway. So they're, they're tussling in there. Braun finally makes it out. He and Bray tussle over to a gazebo. Bray finally thinks he's taken out. Braun knocks him down. Braun gets back up. Bray turns around, starts laughing, and Braun spears him through the side of the gazebo out into another swamp, and they both sink beneath the waters. Uh, all of a sudden, Bray comes jumping out of the water, screaming, no, help me, and then gets dragged back down. And that's all we see. And uh, the, or excuse me, excuse me. I actually got, I got the sequence of this wrong. He tosses Bray out. He's then looking over the side. Uh, and the, the logo comes up for the, the end of the show. The trademark, yeah. Yeah, so it, feel, it feels like the end and of the show. And it goes silent, and they cut the audio. And yeah. I went, oh, no. What? Yeah, it got, it got but us then all. Jump scare. Friday the 13th jump scare. Out comes Bray out of the water, pulls Braun in. They tussle in the water. That's when Bray comes out going, help me, and then back into the water. And then nothing. The ripples all settle. And then we see bubbling red water. And out comes the fiend to stare into the camera to end the show. <sighs> I ended up going through the whole thing. All right. So give you, give you a break for a second. Kyle with please. 20 bucks in the super chat. Thank you very much, man. Uh, credit to the talent on acting in the Swamp Match, but I have a whole cornet rant on this filming and editing as someone with a multimedia background. This would get an F as a final project for a oh, film student. My Check God. Check Facebook Monday. 
All right. Yes. I can't wait to see that because I, too, have a multimedia background, sir. And <laughs> I also have a background in watching a shit ton of horror movies. And some of them are really awful. And this was not on the Birdemic level of awful. But this certainly was somewhere around a troll, too. Where, obviously, this is was made by people who thought that horror was scary movie and Ernest scared stupid. This was, like, 101 stuff that they messed up in terms of making... If you are going to go out there and do a boneyard match and have two guys tussling in a graveyard, this level of, of, of editing and filming and lighting is fine. Like, it worked in the boneyard match. For this kind of match, where it's more like a horror movie than a match... This looked terrible. Yeah. This looked like a high school project by people that had never actually seen a camera before and had amateur cameras at best. They didn't have good lenses. Oh, shot they with an iPhone. Like, it, yeah, it looked like it was shot with a damn iPhone. And I know it wasn't. That's the crazy thing. WWE's a billion-dollar company, and this looked the way it did? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You've got no one who can come in and just give you a basic idea of lighting setup. You have no idea who can come in and tell you, when you're going to shoot inside a shed like they did, maybe bring down the lights some more. Create some pools of blackness. Like, have it be... Because otherwise, we see the shitty set design that you have. That's why they make those scenes dark. That's why they have the tight close-ups. You want to get the impression of what's going on in the background, but not actually see it because it makes it look silly and amateur, and it takes you out of the scare. I'm sorry. He got me on a rant. He got me on a rant. <laughs> Chris, 1978, another two bucks in the Super Chat. Thank you very much, man. I've seen better B-rated horror movies than this. I've seen better Z-rated horror movies than this Have in you, terms of horror. I enjoyed Chud more than this. Chud is a fantastically awful B-movie. Yes. Uh, Esme says Pornhub videos had better production value. Yes. Not, I, I, I wouldn't know. I never go on Pornhub, but uh, yeah, I will take yeah, your word I'll for take, it. Yeah, it's totally. Take your word for it, Esme. Uh, um. Okay, so let's put the production aside for a second. Obviously, the production was a letdown, but it wasn't anything majorly different from what we've seen before from WWE in these styles of matches. Fine. Okay, we can't expect that they're going to come in here and be Hitchcock. What about what we saw? Was this satisfying to you? No. I, give, give me your thoughts. Give me your no. thoughts, because you're the, you're the brawn guy. I'm, I'm definitely the brawn guy, and I, I wanted... We, we've seen him have the match where he took the mask and they kept doing it in the teaser uh, montages where he would take the mask off in the ring with their match at Backlash and he would stomp on the mask. And okay, we, we had that match. And, and I think I said at the end, on one of our previous shows, I think I was calling that we were going to do something that would invoke the Fiend. And it was, I actually thought it was going to be Braun beating Bray that would be the thing that awakened the Fiend. And then the next match, maybe SummerSlam, we have Braun versus the Fiend where he drops the title. So I, 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 I wasn't, we didn't really get a finish here. D d okay. Does the Fiend appearing mean that Braun won and beat Bray so that it, the Fiend had to awaken? So here's the funny thing. Before I, I before I, I I answer that or before I, we discuss that, I actually want to say something about this whole thing, okay. this whole match. I thought that Bray's soliloquy was typically Bray. It was long-winded, but it was interesting and it was engaging because he is a very charismatic talker. Yep. Um, Braun barely being chained in the chair was obtrusive, but that's neither here nor there. There were good things here. 
Yeah. There was also a deep lack of logic and some really arbitrary things like just random rednecks attacking Braun that made no sense. Um, also, Bray and Braun brawling seemed to make no sense after what Bray said, where he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I want you to work with me. Um, if the whole thing after Braun got bit was a fever dream that was Braun fighting off Bray's influence and ultimately succumbing to it, which is what it seemed to indicate to me, was the ending was Braun succumbed to Bray. He thought that he had Bray beat, and of course, Bray fooled him, dragged him into the water, and then from that out came the Fiend. Remember last week on SmackDown, Braun was saying, I have to beat him before the Fiend shows up yeah. because the Fiend is everything I'm afraid of. Yep. So For everything that's bad about me and that I remember, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the execution, how we got there, I was not a fan of. It felt very amateur. It felt silly. But I've got to say, the ideas behind it and the things that it's making me think of in terms of the overall story are actually pretty strong. And of all the matches tonight that had the shit endings, this one actually had an ending that made me go, huh, huh, all right, strong ending, strong horror ending for a genre that's notorious for not being able to land planes and having horrible endings. This match actually had an ending that made me go, okay, what next? Did yeah. someone win? Nope. Did we get a definitive ending? Like, who's the universal champ? Did the Swamp win? Uh, was this even for the title? Like, no idea. So as a wrestling match, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And has <laughs> really is like, uh, is not a good way to end a wrestling show. As, in, as a horror movie, terrible. Not good, very amateur shot and everything. But as a story, as the story of Braun and Bray, they've got me intrigued still. I'm not going to lie. I, I would echo all of those things, those, those, those three points. Absolutely. I, I'm very intrigued where we go next. I'm very intrigued about, I still don't remember exactly how we came back to, to Swamp Bray. Like we've, we've had a year almost of, of Funhouse Bray and The Fiend and, and back and forth between those two. And somehow, because Braun got the championship, now it, it just it brought back Swamp Bray. It seems and to I, me, and it's going to it's going to well, they haven't connected how- all that for me yet. And you know, well, we didn't even talk about the vignette with Vampire Doctor Frankenstein Bray Wyatt oh, with his chemistry set. I loved that, by the way. Bray Wyatt can pretend he's Vincent Price any day of the week. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a little Halloween segment where where he was, you know, yeah, exactly, he was Funhouse Bray. Pretending like he was a late night horror movie host, and it was oh, I loved that. Yeah, because I'm a nerd for that kind of crap. But again, with this match, I understand why everyone's freaking out over. I understand why everyone's pissed at it. There's a lot of stuff that I was just sitting there rolling my eyes, slapping my forehead about. But I'll be damned if they they don't still have me invested in that story because it makes me think, what is Bray trying to do with this? Like, let's take all of the the dumb aspects of it out. Let's look at the story Bray's trying to tell because this is Bray. Who's who's running the story here? Yeah. Um, what is he trying to tell us? You see, you saw Braun losing his mind last week on SmackDown, becoming more aggressive, becoming the monster again. You saw Bray have him chained up, and then he gets the snake bite. After the snake bites, when everything gets weird, it's what makes me think that that whole segment from the time he gets bit by the snake um, was him hallucinating and Bray taking back over his mind. 
Now, this may be like Ray falling off the building and getting an eye pulled out where he comes back out on SmackDown. He's like, luckily, I climbed out of the swamp and that Bray didn't get me. And it'll just ruin the whole thing. But I, I, I'm still holding out hope that this is some way of saying that like having Braun in the swamp allowed him to summon the fiend again for Braun. I don't know. There's... Is it Swamp Bray's version of the Funhouse where John yeah. Cena went into it, right? And it just it turned into this whole thing, right? There you go. Yeah, it could. It, that's actually a really good take, Nick. Is was this Braun's version of the Firefly Funhouse because he did go past the sign that said "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here," just like Cena did at the beginning of his. Yep. Interesting. So it could be like. Obviously, this nowhere near the quality or the depth or the layers of meaning of that Cena match, which was amazing because you had so much to work with, and he deconstructed Cena. He didn't deconstruct Braun here. This was much more of a, of a blunt instrument, this match. A little bit. The, the speech that he gave while Braun was chained to the chair, uh, the whole sort of did he, did he tap into this obsession that he had with Alexa Bliss and how he wanted to be with her and all of that stuff. Uh, but you know, he got friend-zoned in the Mixed Match Challenge, all of that. I, I'm I'm wondering if he is actually tapping into some of that stuff that that maybe people have forgotten about. So I I don't know. I'm with you, man. I'm I'm anxious to see where this goes. Yeah, as as a way to end a wrestling pay per view, it was awful. It's awful. Like, but, I, this, but there was no real definitive end. How could you have followed this? Uh, Chris, nineteen seventy eight, with two bucks, says thank you very much. He says thank you. Was this all a dream after Braun got knocked out? That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Is is that's the way this makes the most logical sense? Is if this is just a fever dream and Bray is trying to take over Braun's mind after he gives him the snake bite and Braun's Braun's just hallucinating in a shed somewhere. So uh, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I had a little bit of PTSD from the House of Horrors match <laughs> uh, when we, we first always, started. And, we always and, will. And, and we were driving in, and we then he woke up from the fever dream, and there was a fire, and there were all these little cuts, black and white cuts of uh, yeah. pigs and rabbits running around. I was going, oh, no, oh, no, no, yeah. no. Just <laughs> editing farts. Kevin Dunn editing farts. Right. So, okay, so it was what it was. We agree, not a great way to end a wrestling pay-per-view wrestling show, but intriguing stuff still, like, as far as a storyline perspective, could still be interesting, but not exactly an unmeeted, uh, a success like the Boneyard match, even though they had silly tropes in the Boneyard match, like Druids coming out of the damn building, it just felt cooler. Undertaker made it really good. AJ made it really good. This just didn't live up to that. Yeah. Not one of their best efforts in terms of a cinematic match. Uh, but we'll see where they go from here. But Nick, it was certainly a horror show, uh, not perhaps in the way that they meant it to be. Uh, what was your overall thought on this pay-per-view as we wrap up here today? Um, a little bit let down if I'm being really? honest, because on paper, for anybody that wasn't familiar with the storylines that were going on and the current arcs of all of the characters and superstars that were involved in the show, on paper, it would have looked absolutely crazy. Like, if you were trying to describe this show to somebody, like, listen, <laughs> there's two guys, and the only way that they can win their fight is to extract <laughs> one of the other's eyeballs. Uh, also, there's going to be this thing uh, uh. called a swamp match, and basically this guy that looks like a sort of Cajun voodoo guy with big dreadlocks. and he A swamp a wizard's going to fight a giant in a swamp. Yes. And there's going to be, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's going to be uh, uh, five-foot-tall midget ladies in, in black veils, and we're going to have uh, a, a, a monster come out of the swamp, and there's going to be rednecks who get set on fire. You'd be like, wait, what? 
You remember what Jake the Snake Roberts? Well, he's not in it, but his old snake is what because snake the guy. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think on paper, describing this to somebody, they would have thought you were absolutely insane, and I would agree with them. Uh, but the execution of the, the card, I thought the, the, the putting together of the card itself actually turned out really well. I, I liked the matches that we had from a setup perspective. It's just the way that they the, – the silly endings yes. and a lot of the missteps on those endings just – That was the theme of, the theme of this show – was bizarre endings uh, and just and questionable creative decisions, but excellent wrestling. Yeah, and excellent performances. Like even like Braun and Bray, from a performance standpoint, it was, it was fine. Bray especially, obviously, but Braun held up his end. I'd say for the most part, as much as you can expect. Like it, across the board, it was good wrestling, good performances, and just wrong-headed creative. We're going the wrong direction on this stuff. Started off so, hot with Kevin Owens and Murphy, led into a yeah, great tag then, team match with a title change. Couple of awesome women's matches. Yep. Seth I, Rollins and Rey Mysterio had a great match until the stupid eye spot. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre had a great match except for the stupid stipulation. Like, that was a show where the talent showed they were talented. And I don't know how everything else got so bungled. Yeah. But yeah, can't can't say it was WWE's best effort. Can't say it was a, a good pay per view. And the uh, the worst problem is Nick. I'm just going to end on this. The worst problem is last night a ton of people tuned in to Slammiversary over an Impact. They got huge online figures uh, in terms of of engagement on social media. Lots of people talking about that show, saying it was a good show across the board. They still have a lot of work to do in terms of of looking like a professional show. Uh, a lot of lot of um, technical errors, but damn, that was a good pay per view. Yeah, good decisions creatively, and then to turn around and see this one WWE. I mean, all of a sudden you see like you you WWE's got to watch its back here, man. Yeah, but the I mean same. between AEW, uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, if it gets going again with with Marty running things over there, I mean, yeah. it, it it could be they could be in some dangerous waters on on the back nine of 2020 here. We were WWE is one you know? of the only companies running shows of this size. It's them, AEW, and Impact. That's it in terms of America. Like yep. shows on this level. Um, this is not a good look for them. This show is not a good look for them. A lot of people online pissed off. We're delving deep into the matches and finding the good stuff, but people who are just kind of watching this casually, just tuning in, are, are going, this is terrible. Yeah. So very dangerous position for them to be in. Um, is there anything positive for us to take away from this aside from the, the quality of the performances, or was that it? Uh, and, w, and we just have to like see what WWE does this week to, in some ways, recover creatively from what they did here. Uh, n- Positive takeaways. I'm anxious to see where they go with Braun and Bray from here, but it looks like they're going to continue going with that. It looks like we might be oh, setting yeah. up for a fiend, fiend Braun Strowman at SummerSlam in August, at the end of August. So other than that, I mean, we've got new tag champions in Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. That's about it. Like yeah. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to think of any other things to think to look forward to. We'll see what happens tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. Uh, someone explain to me what the hell happened with Sasha and Oscar. Uh, someone come in and explain how the company does that. Uh, but yes, if you guys want to hear what happens, come back on Tuesday. We will be doing our regular show at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 Eastern. We will be doing BWO Daily for all of your news needs every single day, Monday through Friday. 
And uh, a quick $5 from Esme over in the chat. Thank you, love. Aww. She says, shout out to those in Discord today and yesterday. Amen. Y'all been blowing up Discord in the last two pay-per-views. Very, very cool. Love to see it. Love to see all that engagement. If you guys want to go over to Discord and check it out, the link is in our Facebook discussion group. Go to Facebook and just search for Busted Wide Open, and you can find all of those. And thank you guys for hanging out with us today. Yeah. Thank you very much. The shout out to everybody in the live chat. Shout Those to everyone in the live chat. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming over here. Yeah, partied with us in the Discord all night. We really appreciate it, guys. But hey, if you'd like to get into our Discord channel, you can find links to it down in the description below or pinned across our social media profiles. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you get into the Facebook group and like our page over there. Uh, make sure you're subscribed right here to YouTube because tomorrow we'll be back with BWO Daily, your daily news uh, taste for all throughout the week. Uh, each and every day, plus live shows Tuesdays and Saturdays. And thank you very much to all of our patrons. We love you guys. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers to get access to show notes, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! But somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.